Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Ruler Roost Podcast. You know whose voice this is by now, but the other voice that you're going to hear today is none other than, you might know him on the, on Twitter actually, and uh, if you called him out this week for being toxic, you'll definitely know who he is. He's Tom Foynes. Do, do, you, do, we, do you still go by Tom Foynes? That's the name, isn't it? The, the, the public facing name, isn't it? It used to be. Um, it, it's... It's defunct that name now. It I got yeah, Tom Foynes went a long time ago. I got rid of Tom Foynes' account uh, two years, maybe two years ago. How long has Lacelso been shit for us? <laughs> two years, yeah. He was the reason why I got rid of it. I just I had too many people uh, policing my knee jerk opinion of Giovanni Lacelso as being well crap and I just I don't believe he can kick a ball very hard this is my assessment of Giovanni Lo I just had a lot of people in my mentions saying well oh because he wasn't the best player in La Liga last year and I thought actually this is not worth it I've built too much of a persona up here but mate he plays three yard passes to Lionel Messi who then goes on mazy runs and scores goals for Argentina what are you talking about exactly uh, it's it, the, the new rule about international performances and goals counting for your league form is uh, has been done wonders for us, isn't it? This is a good note to start this pod because I, I might build this as you know. You know how does that like sort of fun thing to do with uh, podcasts now when people call them emergency podcasts? Like, <laughs> I mean, what? I don't know what you're talking, there is nothing fun about podcasts anymore, Jack. I don't know what you're talking about. What's that about? What is, why are they emergency? Po- I mean, there's there's nothing really that's going to be solved, is there? By generally overweight people, often men, <laughs> sat around behind microphones talking about stuff they aren't really qualified to do. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry to call you out as early as this on the podcast, but I seem to remember after Deli Ali scored that goal against Crystal Palace, you and Raj did a uh, an emergency podcast <laughs> half an hour on discussing just that goal. I think one of you was walking to the bus stop as well. So it was like, you know, you get that wind effect in the background. <laughs> what a volley. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking high production values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day when but, Deli Ali was good. That's a shame, isn't it? But yeah. we'll, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that. Yeah. We'll get onto that because for this emergency podcast, sirens going off the lot. Um, we possibly had, I would say, I'm, I'm. Uh, do you know what I'm going to say, mate? I think maybe, maybe one of the worst results, really, in terms of like. Maybe not the entire context, but in terms of the calibre of opposition, one of the worst results I think I've ever, ever seen Tottenham succumb to. Um, I mean, I know we fell out about 
it a bit earlier because you were saying that you weren't actually that asked. Do you want to go into that a bit first? Um, by asked, I mean the loss to NS Moura last night in the yeah. Europa League conference. I just, I think, I think that what you, the end of that sentence is why I'm not asked. That the whole Europa League conference is is a joke, really, and it's hard to get that excited for it. Like the win for 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 Mura feels. I'm not happy for them because it's at the expense of Tottenham, but they feel more for that win than we would do for like an FA Cup quarter final. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't have it in me to feel that embarrassed about this anymore when you consider that this isn't even the most embarrassing result we've had in Europe this calendar year. That was Zagreb. Their manager was in prison, you know? Do you see, do you reckon, because I think these lot are. These are probably further down the rankings than even Zagreb. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Zagreb are at least an established kind of Europa level team. This lot of fifth in the Slovenian league, and so no doubt about it, they are they are not a good side. We should are, are you not being, be losing. Are you being them. toxic about the Slovenian league here, Tom? Uh, oh. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's just uh, I just I don't have it in me to get that annoyed, like. We played a reasonable strength side, a good strength side, really. One that should really be walking uh, walking over that sort of opposition. But we know where we are. Like, we, we are... We know where we are as a football team currently. Like, we are in a bit of a state. And Conte's had three weeks to work with them. And two of those weeks, one and a half of those weeks, most of the team was out on international duty. It's going to take a while. That said, you should be beating these teams. Of course we should. But I just found it difficult to find anything more than just find it almost funny. It's just it's just another symptom of where we are as a club right now. I, I don't. This is. I think this is what fucks me off about it. Is it's. I think we're right, okay. So first of all, like as, as much because I was talking to Con about this the other day, and I think as much as it it does, it is a tin pot competition. I think the thing that you can do that is the least tin pot about it is just like just turn up and win it because I think we should and I think we can um so that that's kind of the first part of it like I'm not particularly excited about it I think I would be I'd be buzzing if we actually won it when it came round to the final do you know what I mean on the actual occasion I think everybody would sort of get behind it and it would be good fun but there's you know like somebody tweeted earlier something to the to the uh to the effect of you know the next round of the Europa League conference is a place in the Eurovision Song Contest, you know, <laughs> before you get even further in it. Uh, so, you know, it is a, it's a ridiculous competition. And I think it's very good. It's very good. It's, it's made for teams like Moura who get the opportunity to play in Europe. Some of the European minnows who aren't even going to make the Europa League get to play in a European competition. They get to travel around the continent and play against teams they otherwise wouldn't. And that's, I think that's good. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. Um, I think it's probably to the detriment, really, of the competition that they have a Premier League team in there. But, well, maybe not. It gets more eyes on it and teams like Moura get to have a laugh at beating Tottenham. But I just, I, I think it's not that we, we're learning anything new. We're not learning mm. that loads of these players are just, not up for it anymore it's still just weirdly on an even on like a personal level like taking personal umbrage of it it frustrates me that professional footballers still just can't 
they can't even get up. They they feel like it's beneath them to get up. Because which I mean that that team last night, Mora again, with all due respect, not that any Mora fans are going to be listening to this. They're probably what a League One at best caliber team. And like you said, there like a lot of those players, whether they're in form or not. They're Premier League footballers. Like they should be putting a tie like that to bed, ten men or not. And it just, it just, it just, it's still there's just something about it that just irritates me. I don't even know if it's on a level as a. There's definitely a part of it where it's because I'm a Spurs fan, but even just on a, like a on a base sort of level, it's just like, what's that about? Like you're getting paid so much money to do what you do, and you just you you're turning out a performance like that. Like it's just insulting, and it's just. I don't know, it really irritates me. Um, maybe I should, you know, not get so bothered about it, but... Yeah, I can give maybe. a shit, mate. It's been, my day has been fine. I, I, I woke up and kind of forgot that we played in it. And I guess, I guess that's the... That, when I think of three, four years ago, why the, the games you used to be annoyed at with Spurs were the one, you know, where we Liverpool's. threw away a chance at something massive and or, or we just... You know, we didn't play to the best of our ability. Though I look at the Spurs team now, and I just kind of think, well, yeah, this, this is—you've been producing this for two, three years now. But does, I, it, see, this is what I mean. Though. Doesn't this sort of trigger you, though? This because this is this is just a reminder of all those opportunities that we've had, and just the way they sort of skulk now, and the way you know you'll hear of these players, sort of some of them who want out, some who don't, and you just think, look. You, you think you're above a club that has provided you with every opportunity to win everything, like to literally win everything now yeah, at a club yeah. level. And they haven't got the over line. It's just, I don't know, I just find it insulting that like they they somehow feel like aggrieved by the club in some... I, I don't know. I think they probably Maybe. have every right to in some ways, but... I, no, I, well, I think, I think it's right to be annoyed at that and be annoyed at the individual players. But at the same time, Deli Ali. Uh, ben Davis, Davinson Sanchez. Um, just trying to think of the players that have kind of been around for that length of time and who never, who who are at that level now. Like they didn't. If they're not sold, then there's not really much that they can do in terms of like their placement in the squad. They they they're just there now, and and I think it's a it's a failure of the club to get rid of these players because if we'd have sold Deli Ali a year ago or two years ago, someone would be getting the minutes that he's had over the last two years, which probably amounts to a, quite a reasonable amount across Europa League, League Cups, FA Cups, and even a bit in the Premier League. Same with Ben Davis. Same with Davinson Sanchez. I, I don't believe we wouldn't have at least tried to replace them, even if they were cheaper replacements. Because if you look at, you know, Ben Davis and... Um, and Delhi Alley certainly were products of us buying sensibly uh, good value to provide competition and perhaps become first team. And with Delhi Alley, just went into stratosphere, you know. And, and it feels like we need to be doing the exact same thing to be replacing them. It's almost it, it almost feels as if whether it's Levy or whether it's just a circumstances, I don't know. But we've almost looked at how lucky we got with a player like Delhi Alley. And we don't want to let go of that. Like we got such an incredible amount of value. It cost us five million pounds. And it's almost like we can't admit that it, it's gone so badly the other way. He's been bad longer than he was good for us now. I think he had a middle middle ground, maybe 2017, 2018, where he was 
okay, but he started to get his injury problems. But since 2018, he's been pretty actively poor for us in the majority of times. And it, and it just feels like we can't let go of that. Like we had this incredible asset that was worth 10 times what we paid for him. And it, it's almost clouding our thinking when it comes to what the next step is in terms of how we deal with a problem like Delhi Alley. It's like we just can't bring ourselves to cut that tie because we know there was something in there. Even if everything on the surface is screaming at you, this is over, this is done. And I, I think it's just the case throughout the squad. We've, we've still got so many players that were here five years ago. And well, that is ridiculous. And we've and the ones that we the, the best ones of those, which are Son, Kane and Loris, we haven't even started thinking about the next phase for them. Proper clubs think about the next Loris needs to be in place probably now because he's in the last year of his contract and he's even if we give him an extension, he's 36, 35, 36 odd. Do you know what I mean? We've just lost a bit of that thread and it's it all feeds into what we're seeing now. We, well, it's, as it's you funny, said, it? I mean, we're not learning anything from this, are we? Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't have been that massive surprise, really, should it, that we went three windows without signing any players. I think, you know, it, it, at the time, it was frustrating. It was irritating. I think there's that, there's that bit in all of us, right, where we want to know that the club had signed a 30, 40 million pound player because it's exciting. There is it's just that basic level in all of us. But even outside of that, just making a few smart acquisitions it's frustrating to not do that. And I think at the time we all knew it was annoying and we sort of spoke about it in a, in a conceptual sense, like not signing players for this amount of time is going to be bad, but we didn't really see the fruits of that because Spurs kept on being a great team. We kept on making the champions league. We went on a major champions league final. So we weathered Wembley. We did very well there, came into the new stadium, started doing all right there as well. And then suddenly all of a sudden, after like you know the the sort of heartbreak of the final, it suddenly became abundantly clear. Shit, there's there's no one here to pick up the pieces now. There's no there's nobody here. All these players, mm. half of them are they're spent now. They're done. Um, I think it's like Kilpatrick who was talking about before, who was sort of saying that you know there was it was sort of put to that squad like Pochettino was got into such a fervor you know of his lemons and all that sort of stuff that it was literally their destiny that this this was everything that they'd worked for all together and that they were going to win that Champions League and they all believed him and he believed it so vehemently that you know when it didn't happen that's you know he was just so broken yeah, he yeah, disappeared come back from that, didn't speak yeah. to any of them didn't console <laughs> any of them just fucked off back to I think he went to back to Argentina for a bit went to Spain after that didn't really see any of them. All the players sort of, I, I, you know, they're all just a bit dead. And then that's, that's when you need that. All right, fuck it. Start the new season. Let's bring in those sort of couple of young players. But no, we don't. We spent 10 million on Jack Clark. Do you know what I mean? Which is mm-hmm. that's the first player we signed. On. Fuck knows where he is now. Like, and I'm not even digging him out individually. I'm sure whatever, he might be a, a decent enough player in his own right, but come on, you know? Yeah. Like, and, but I think what we, before we sort of dial down into players individually, I think to sort of go to, to what you're saying, I think now we're sort of seeing it has to be like it was at the start of Poch's tenure. When Poch got rid of Soldado, Adebayo, Kabul, Kapu, sort of a lot of these players that had been around the squad for a long time, 
stagnating, who, you know, we were all, you know, there were always arguments, you know, he does something, no, Adebayor on his day is good, or, you know, Kabul's still a decent, we just, you know, I'm not saying that all of these players that we have now, someone like Deli Ali that you're on about there, I don't think he's a bad player, I think Deli Ali, I still think there's an exceptional player in there, I think what he did so early on in his career wasn't a fluke, You, you cannot post and post numbers like he was, by fluke, by just having a bit of momentum. He was a consistently exceptional player for us, like absolutely fantastic. And even, I think part of what's made it so hard to get rid of him is even when he's not been exceptional, he's still been brilliant. Look at like Amsterdam, the Ajax game, for example. Yeah. He was yeah. he was still crucial in that game. And so there's just that little <laughs> thread with him always. He always yeah. shows those little glimmers where you're like, there's that player, he's in there somewhere. So I, I can forgive the, the board or whoever for not wanting to bin him off, knowing that he was, you know, such a kind of, like you say, five million pound asset that we probably could have sold for a hundred mil. We we genuinely could after sixteen seventeen I reckon or seventeen eighteen we could have we could have flogged him for about a hundred mil if there was yeah. a buyer there um, and we don't and so you know where whether there's been that thinking of like look he's worth next to nothing he's worth twenty thirty mil top at the very top now if he has a good season we can maybe sell him for fifty or sixty you know because there's that promise mm-hmm. that he's he's getting there so but you know who knows but I think what is clear now is especially from Conte's, I would say, rather worrying um, interview after the game last <laughs> night. The, Broken after three weeks. Well, I mean, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't pulling any punches, was he, at all? And I mean, I think this is a <clears throat> this is why I sort of, I was surprised and not overly enthusiastic when we were linked with him in the summer um, because I was kind of thinking, well, you know, we're not going to spend the sort of money that he'd want. Um I mean, what I would say is, I mean, I'd be interested to know how you interpreted it, but I took Conte's post-game thoughts as spend, like, literally spend some money now or I'm off kind of thing. Because I, I just, I don't, I don't he, he, he wasn't in the slightest bit amused last night. And he wasn't, again, he wasn't even making an effort to pretend that this squad is good enough for him to do what he wants to do with it. I think there's a, a temptation in any of these things to read a lot into it. I think if there's anything that Spurs fans probably should have learned over the last couple of years is that you really can't read into these post-match interviews all that much, really. Because if we did, then we wouldn't still be having these sort of performances. Like, how many times have we... Kane used the word, oh, it's unacceptable last night. Okay, well, yeah, we we agree it is unacceptable, but why are we still churning these out? 10, 15 times a season then if this is so unacceptable and if these players are still so up to it you can't keep saying these things and, and it kind of just and not changing anything and expecting different results so I kind of think you have to take a lot of this with a pinch of salt I think Conte in fairness I don't think we're reading too much into it to suggest that it is about back me in January because I can't see him joining Spurs in uh when did he actually start of November, say, or end of October, start of November? I can't see him joining at that time without being given a bit of a remit of look, we're giving you six to eight weeks here to really work out who you who you don't want and and what you need in the squad. And Paratici, Paratici is going to be working in the background on that already. That that's what we're told, and that's what on the surface of it is. 
So yeah, I think I think that probably is the very clear message here. I don't think we are reading too much into that to suggest that that is exactly what he's saying. However, what I will say is the extent of it is what would be in dispute because, and we'll come on to it in the individual players, but we've known there's there's needed we've needed a clear out, and in the summer when we saw people like Sizoko going. It, that felt like the start of this, you know, what we're saying, the rebuild and, and all of this. I don't think we need to do anything that drastic in terms of, I don't, I, personally speaking, I think I said this the last time I was on this pod, I think we need 14 players in the squad, a, a turnover of 14 <laughs> we players. We probably still do. I, 100%. We need more than that because Loris is is getting on. And well, he's I'm out not of contract need, in summer. Well, we don't need to replace, uh, what well, I don't, uh, Essentially, what I'm trying to say is we need to bulk it out with some new ideas and some new players that would come in and play those minutes and actually compete for it. We don't learn anything new from those players going out there on a dodgy pitch on a Thursday night in a shit competition and playing a bit of a mishmash football and all this. We just don't. But it's quite obvious that Spurs need, desperately need, a creative midfielder and a backup striker. I think everything else we can muddle through with, just. But if without a creative midfielder, without anyone just able to string two or three passes together and dictate some tempo, we are a pointless team to watch because we'll come up, we'll beat the teams that we're slightly better than, you know, hence Leeds, hence Villa a few weeks ago. We'll lose to the teams that are remotely better than us. We need someone to control us and be our our metronome or whatever you call it. Now, to fund that move, A, there's going to be some cash in the in the transfer kitty already. If the right player comes along, Levy's always said the money would be there. Take that as you will. That the truth in that is is you know varying depending on who you speak to. But get rid of Deli Ali, get rid of Davinson Sanchez, uh, and get rid of Matt Doherty. Just as an example. Those three players, we've got cover for Matt Doherty at right wing back. We'd be we'd be fine. Yes, we might be a little bit light, but we can address that further down the line. Um, same for Deli Ali. I mean, he hasn't really got a position anyway. I don't think we lose anything by losing him. It's just with a heavy heart that he'd go. Um, who's the other one that I mentioned? Uh, Davison Sanchez <laughs> again. It's centre back. I think we're covered at centre. Yes, we we want to play three at the back, and it would leave us a little bit light in that. But you know, it, it's. For the sake of getting the player that you desperately need, we don't need this huge clear out to replace all of them like for like, in my opinion. We need to address the most serious problem, which is that creative midfielder, someone to make chances happen. People can talk about Ndombele, people can talk about Lo Celso. They're not consistent enough. They're not fit enough. And I, I think by now we just have to accept that it's probably not going to happen. Yes, they've not been coached in two years, but... I just don't think they've got the raw ingredients to succeed in the Premier League. Maybe I'll be completely wrong. Maybe that's toxic. I, I just, I'm kind of bored of the whole culture war around those already. But it, so in terms of Conte's comments, I look at that and just think it's not as drastic as some people might take it as. It doesn't need to be as drastic as that. He might look at that. Davinson Sanchez put in one of the worst performances I've seen any centre-back give. And he's, he's done it many times before. We know his time is over. Take what you can get for him. Let's stop, let's stop thinking that something might turn around for him. Same for Delhi. Doherty's never made it. He's just awful. One of the worst we've probably ever signed, certainly 
in the 21st century, just an awful, awful footballer. So that could all be put towards a player that we desperately need and could really change our fortunes. So, yes, he needs to be backed, but I don't think it's a case of dab out, another centre-back in, Doherty out, another right-back in. You know, just address the problems that desperately need addressing and if we haven't got the money, raise it from other areas of the, of the of the side. That that would be how I would take it. But I would take them very seriously because, say, for three weeks for him to start saying that sort of comment, we should start be yeah. It should set us on edge a little bit as fans and as a club. I do wonder if part of the problem that we face really is that you know we've seen quite a few of the youngsters come in in the sort of the early rounds of the Europa League and you know sort of pre-season friendlies and things like that but I just wonder if there's a there's they're just not quite of the quality or even just the the physical standing needed yet to make that step up because when you think about it really and again it's not to get toxic about it but when Pochettino was in this kind of rocky phase at the start of his career with Tottenham he had well pretty much the sort of the trio of Mason, Bentaleb and Kane to fall back to Townsend mm. as well, but Townsend had sort of started making his way into the team before those three anyway, um, if I recall correctly. But yeah, and then when you actually think about those three as well, like they were all pretty like, I mean Mason especially because Mason was actually like twenty three, wasn't he at the time? Yeah, and everyone yeah. thought he was like nineteen. But the the others like Bentaleb, Kane, and Townsend as well, they were all pretty like physically quite developed lads as well. They all were pretty like up to it. And they all seem like they were sort of of a of a of a good standard already. So they their sort of transition into the first team was pretty seamless. And then, like you say, shortly after that, we got Deli Ali as well, who I think was just who was just on a level that we weren't expecting him to be on whatsoever. I don't know if you remember that first time he played. I think he played against Real Madrid in a preseason friendly, and instantly it was like, oh crap, fuck, this lad's actually a player. Like he's mm. really, really good. Did he uh, not make moderate? Moderate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Within like seconds of stepping onto the pitch, and just was just a generally outstanding player. Um, and so I, d- I just wonder if, like, you know. I mean, I you know I don't I don't want to really want to say Mourinho was unlucky because you just sort of get the vibe that Mourinho was somebody that was just didn't really give that much of a fuck that was just coasting on his name really that was sat up in his in his little room fucking about on his Instagram account while that other little cretin what was his name João Sacramento was out Sacramento yeah, who, yeah. I, I remember how gleeful you were when you when it when when all the fallout happened and it was said that like. The oh, majority mate. of the players detested Sacramento. Mate, I tell you what, you know? people throw a lot of stuff at Spurs about not winning a trophy. But for me, Sacramento, not just leaving, but being publicly dug out in, in news reports, better than any medal around Harry Kane. Better than the Champions League. But honestly, you know when someone is just visibly useless, like you look at someone and you go, I don't trust you, mate. Like I, I don't, You don't look competent. But you could tell the thing that's annoying about him is you could tell he's a sort of bloke. He rated himself so much, though. You know, Ah, he's that type of bloke. That his coat was too big, right? (laughs) Point one, first problem when he walks through the door. Do have you got clothes that fit? No. All right, alarm bell one. But in all (laughs) or nothing, when he sits down with Jan Vertonghen, and all right, it might have been taken out of context, and I hated the guy just because of who he was and how he looked, but. For me, it was very alarming that he sat down next to Jan Vertonghen and went, 
why do you think we concede so many goals? I don't know, mate. You're the first team coach. Like you, you should be sorting out these sort of problems. You, the purpose of you is to go to your defenders and talk them through the ways that they could stop conceding goals. I, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't know why I hate him so much. I think it is that visible incompetence that. I just can't stand. And, and to be honest... You get on all right with me, though, mate. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I don't have to see you that often. That's the thing. True. WhatsApp, WhatsApp and podcasts is a very non-visual medium for us. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Except when you send me a, a, a selfie of yourself with your ass out in the mirror or something. I know. I, li- I, like, I like sort of the odd uh, sporadic WhatsApp <laughs> selfie. Or, or me just... I, I like capturing when I'm when I'm in a hangover. Do you know what I mean? I just... <laughs> And I'm just like I just need to document this, and I, I always know who will appreciate it most. Yeah. I think I think when I sent you one, of those, I think you said I looked like Joe Brand in one of them, which is always, <laughs> <laughs> which is always sort of stuck with me. Yeah, um, it's fitting. Um, right. So earlier on today, via the Rule the Roost podcast Twitter account, I uh, put out the starting eleven. Um, each with their own individual poll with the basically straightforward proposition, keep or bin. And the results are, is a clickbait title would say, not as interesting as you would probably expect them to be, really. As in, <laughs> they're very straightforward. Yeah, I did. forgot Tanganga and I had to sort of add him on later on. But <laughs> Professional outfit. Yeah, I know, I, I know. Well, you know, it's just... <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying here, mate. All right. Um. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. So we'll start with uh, Galini, our 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 supposed heir to uh, the Laris throne. Um, you know, everyone got a bit excited this summer because he likes rap music and he, you know... He is a rapper. He is a rapper, there you go. Um, and he, you know, I think he looks quite fun in some of his social media videos and stuff. I would say the truth has been not quite as fun, though, as I would, I would honestly rank him alongside Joe Hart in the performances I've seen him take part in. And pretty much similar to Joe Hart in that other teams seem to know if they have a dink from distance, they're going to beat him. Unsurprising. Okay, so the 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 public decree on this one: eighty point five percent of the public, at least, say he should be binned. I mean, would you go along with that, mate? Because I definitely would. 
Yeah, I don't I don't feel very strongly about him either way, but I, I agree from what we've seen so far, I don't he's certainly not a, a long term successor, even as a sort of number two. It's hard, isn't it, with goalkeepers because it's one of those where for an elite club you either are or you aren't at at, at number one. And so we've got a hell of a job moving forwards to find someone who's going to be both number one and then also find a number two. And that's going to be very difficult for us when Hugo goes. Well, this is the thing, is it? Because we all know Hugo's not perfect, but at the same time, He's fucking good still. He just yeah, is. he's one of the, you. You he will be one of them that you don't know what you've got till it's gone kind of thing. It will be a bit and uh, Dembele, you know, uh, just they've got their flaws and, and Dembele's was his body, but <clears throat> Hugo's has always been just he's not that top top level keeper. But my God, like this is a glimpse of what's coming isn't it, if we don't get this right in terms of replacement. And to be honest, the the worrying thing is is that everyone else who was at his level, you think of Carl Walker, Christian Eriksen, Dembele, Wanyama, like we haven't replaced any of them well. We haven't upgraded a single or even matched a single player who was in that kind of, it took 15 to 2018 period who was playing at the top of their ability. We haven't done that with any of them. So this is what I mean about us not having that kind of strategy to replace people like Son, Kane and Lloris. We haven't done it with the others yet. So it is worrying when it comes to the goalkeeper position. Because I, the, the mad thing is, I, I thought Gazaniga was Tim Pot, but I comfortably oh, rate him head and shoulders above Galini or Joe Hart. Uh, yeah, all much of a muchness in it. I mean, I just don't. I don't have a strong opinion on him. I think, I think he's... He's on loan, isn't he? So we've got the option to send him back and just yeah, start again. So it's back, worrying. Yeah, yes, yeah, a bit worrying. So we've we've uh, touched on him already over the course of this podcast, but Davinson Sanchez, seventy nine percent of the audience believe that he should be binned. Yeah, yeah. I, I get. He's he's the epitome of we don't learn anything new anytime he plays I I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't be looking to cash in now considering his market value is just going to decrease like he's one of them that every time he plays you could shave a 5 million off of his price tag get 15 to 20 million for him from someone from La Liga snap their hands off start again well, a team like Sevilla do you know what I mean somebody like like, like we've done this this well, summer so if, you know there, there are players that are this is what I mean about Lo Celso and, and Dombele in a way like it, perfectly talented but are they suited to the Premier League are they actually going to be able to do this week in week out consistently for Premier League team at the moment it suggests no Foyth went out to Spain and smashed it you know he's they won the Europa League last season. He was a very integral part on the right-hand side of their defence. I'm sure if Davinson Sanchez went out to the Liga or, or out to Italy even, he, he would be fine. Very serviceable, probably win a trophy because they, everyone always does when they leave us. But it's time, isn't it? It's, it's, this, is, this is his fourth season. And... It's, it's just frustrating because I, I was literally just talking to Con about it because I've gone on such a journey with Sanchez in that, you know, I was couldn't stand him for a long time when we first got him in and seeing him kind of like just struggle and yeah you've got to give him time then but you, Do you think just... he struggled when he first came in no 
a little bit, yeah. I th- I, th- I don't think he's ever looked that assured. I think that's what's always worried me about him. But I, you know, I I've, I sort of felt like he had a lot of attributes to come good, and then just seeing him kind of just continue to decline really while he's mm-hmm. playing for us. And then I guess it's kind of a a, a sense of like maybe absence not making the heart grow fonder, but just making somebody a bit better via absence because we've, he hasn't played for so long. He's had his injuries and stuff like that. And the few sort of times I have seen him play over the past season or so, I've sort of thought, oh, he's actually looked all right again. Maybe, maybe there is a bit of a player in there. Maybe he sort of switched on again. And I kind of feel like almost like even like the club have had that idea because they've started to integrate him more. Obviously Conte's trying to give him a go now and, it was just it was just summed up again, wasn't it, last night? It's it's just it's those he just switches off always and it always mm. ends up with us conceding a goal and you just you you can't how many chances can you give uh, a sort of player who I mean, all right, I'm not. No, I'm not going to say about his price tag because I don't, I don't really agree that players' price tags should sort of act against them, but. On a real level, it sort of does a bit, doesn't it? You know, yeah, like, for, yeah. what is it, forty mil, forty six mil, something? Yeah, it was I a mean, lot of money. It, it, but then, you know, ten million a season. If we'd have paid ten million for him at any point, and he'd given us a season that he has over the last four years, you'd go, mm, yeah, fair enough. We took a punt, didn't work out. I think I thought he was good when he came in. I think the biggest problem for him was that he was in a defence that was a declining or or not declining, an aging <clears throat> Vertonghen and an aging Toby. So he needed his hand held quite a bit. Same with Dyer, really. These are players that stick him in with with good uh, accomplishments, if you like, and they're fine. But if you if you have to rely on them as the, as the big guy, you are going to struggle. So another one, we probably should have just recognised when the value was highest and just capitalised at that. That time is now for me. There are minutes that could be given to someone better, or potentially better and cheaper than Dav. So, yeah, thanks, but bye, I guess. Thanks for the memories, but it's time to go. Yeah, um, yeah. The the player who I who I forgot, um, but I won't on this instance. Tanganga, eighty five point three percent of the vote say we should keep him, and I'd agree with that. I'm a big fan of Tanganga. Yeah, I I felt as if the thing that was missing, listen to me talking as if I had any sort of knowledge or authority on this, but I, I felt when I watched him, he looked timid. He's got all the, the attributes to be to be very, very good, but I always felt as if he looked like a young player. If you know if you know what I mean. Some some young players come in and they immediately look like they belong. And it's actually the the way the errors or the the small things that they do that make you look at it and go, oh, okay, you're you're a bit inexperienced. Yeah. But he always just looked as if almost as if slumped shoulders. I don't know. He just he just never looked as if he was holding himself right. It always looked as if he was a bit like, oh well, we'll see how this goes, and hopefully I'll have a good game sort of thing. But then the City game is his, the first game of this season when he would just just biting Sterling constantly and giving him. Just little digs in the back when he went down under challenges and got booked early on, and then, and since then, he's he's added quite a lot of aggression to his game. Went overboard at Palace, but I think that if he can control that into you know 
stepping out at the right time, snapping into challenges at the right time. We've got a really good defender there, not just for us long term, but for Conte in the system that he likes to play in that kind of hybrid right back, right side of defence role. We've potentially got someone who's going to be perfect for it. We just need him to have a bit of a run of stability, I think, to to show what he can do and to really assess him properly. Yeah. I'm a fan. I like him. Yeah, agree with that entirely. Um, Joe Roden, 69% say keep. I actually thought Ben on this one. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. I'm one. not going to lie. Um, I, I, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not convinced by him at all. I don't think there's a desperate need to to get rid of him if he's happy to sort of be in and around, as the saying goes. Um, the team and take his opportunities when he gets them. Fair enough, but I, you know, I I know he's he's very good for Wales, but again, it's like we were saying about Lacelso earlier. International performances don't count for Tottenham Hotspur, mm. and I've never, I've just not been convinced at any stage by Roden. I, I. I, I don't see it. I don't see what other people see in him. I really don't. I think he switches. I think he never looks like he's reading the game at all. I think he's always out of position. I think he just misses tackles. I think he backs off. But I just, I just don't see what's there. I really don't. I, maybe it's something an issue I have, but I just, I, I, I think he's, I think he's beyond, like below bang average. I think he's. I just don't think he's good enough for this level. Go, go, go to whoever Aston Villa or something. Have a decent career, but I, I, I don't think he's a Champions League level player. And yeah, I know people can say we're not a Champions League level club, but that's what we aspire to be. So you know, that that's sort of where I stand on Rodon, to be honest. I think there was a window or there was an opportunity for Rodon to be the new Dyer in the coming into a team where you, there's no expectation on you. You're a, a reasonably cheap signing, and what Dyer did when he first came in. He, he just had no respect for anyone, for for his opponents. And that's why I think Poch loved him. You remember that when he used to come up against Costa and he loved how, uh, Poch loved how Dyer dealt with Costa and it kind of made the fan base fall in love with him. He just had no respect for anyone. And I think that's carried him forwards. But you know, where Dyer is now, I feel like there was some, Rodon could have filled that gap. He could have come in and been a like, you know, I'm un- I'm unglamorous. I'm not the star signing, but here I am. This is what I can do, and I'm I'm on the fence about him. I, I get, he's not. I don't really have a strong opinion either way on him. I think he's he could get better. I think he does need games. Um, when those games are going to come, I don't know. I don't know when he's going to be trusted in Premier League. But you know, Romero's injured. It's time for someone to step up, isn't it? Yeah, true. Well, hopefully, yeah. Again. I would love to be proven wrong. It's only be a good thing for Tottenham if I am, but I don't think I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, right, now, this this one was a pretty depressing one. Um, Matt Doherty. Uh, huh. can, I get, can I guess it? Yeah, Nine, 97. Uh, higher, slightly. No, yeah. 98, wow. No, 97.4%. Right. So okay. you're pretty bang on. Um, so I would guess that you know that's one or two people. So that's probably what his mum and his dad that have said we should keep him. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, do you know Maybe what? His dad was on the fence. <laughs> to, <laughs> to my shame, um, I'm, I'm not going to hide away from it. I can't remember where it was. I, but I basically, one of my like chin-scratching moments, I was just like, do you know what? 
I think this could be our Andy Robertson <laughs> when we first wow. signed him. Well, because, you know, it was like, yeah, we signed him from... Because Andy Robertson wasn't pulling up trees at Hull. He was sort of a, an all right player. I remember when Liverpool signed him, everyone were like, hey, he's decent, but whatever. And then he went on to become Andy Robertson. And then I sort of thought, yeah, Matt Doherty, you know, like, that's it. Like, he's, he's sort of all right at Wolves, and you know, maybe. And then we signed him, and then I saw, like, quite a few Wolves fans. When you go down those Twitter loopholes been just completely like non-plus that he'd gone and that's yeah. usually the way it's more the way you know if people kind of do the whole ha 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 you've signed a shit house and always i'm sort of a bit like uh, maybe i don't know i don't really kind of that's that's maybe sort of an agenda driven or some sort of coping mechanism thing but i think generally when people are just like oh, oh well we've lost him and nobody yeah. seems to give much of a fuck at all. That's yeah. that's a bit that's a bit of an alarm bell. Do you know? Well, what as I mean? you know, my my in laws are all wolves, um, and they 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 would talk to me about it, and they would say like, "Do you need him?" Or like, "Oh, why do you reckon they've gone for him?" And, and at the time, I think it's easy to forget that we only had Aurier as a as a right back at the club when Mourinho took over. And I think that's how Tanganga got his first few minutes, I think, if I remember rightly, because Oreo was probably suspended or something. Um, and it, it, it was a gap that needed filling. And for 10 million, well, give or take, I think people saw it. That, yeah, that, that makes an awful lot of sense. And the, but they were like, well, but I'm not really sure why you go for him. And the more you look at it, the more you realise that he's so specialist that he probably had a job for life at Wolves, could have retired at 32, 33, playing the odd game, you know, a bit like Seamus Coleman, that kind of level, where you, he's, a, he's a good club servant, you know, captain for the League Cup games. But as soon as you take him out and put him somewhere else, he just looks out of his depth. And as I said, I, I genuinely think he would go down as one of the worst players we've had in 20-odd years. And I, I don't say that lightly. And I know that people always do that thing of, we won't support Spurs for very long then. Well, and you, okay, fair enough. But it, since since two thousand, it's, it's Raziak levels, right? It's that. It's really it, it's incompetence. It's yeah. total incompetence. It's it's confidence as well. In fairness, he came in. He, he, I remember his debut against Everton. Everyone had a bad game, and it just sort of it never really picked up again. And with Nuno coming in, I think people thought. Okay, maybe there's something. Maybe it's, it's salvageable. And then Nuno didn't play him. That's, but I mean, that's quite telling, isn't it? It's very telling, exactly. Uh, look, and he's a Mendes client. Like, I, I just think if it, really it probably all boils down to that. Has has Mendes brought him to your club to appease or to get some money in for it? If the answer is yes, then invariably you're going to end up with a pretty pretty lame player, especially if they're only costing you ten odd million. So. Mm-hmm. It, he needs to go. I don't know what his next step is. I mean, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't up to Slovenia's fifth place side uh, left winger last night, and I think he was taken off, wasn't he? In the end, yeah, taken off. And did you did you make much of? I don't know if you saw the kind of the handshakes and the hugs um, after the Leeds game, but a lot of people made a lot of Matt Dawson's yeah, reaction that. to Not it. Not really. Not really. It's, I, it's sort of bollocks, all that sort of thing. Isn't yeah, it? Uh, and I mean. I mean, Conte, anything next to Conte looks like the Tasmanian devil next to uh, <laughs> Conte would look positively calm. So, a, a little bit. I read more into 
Stephen Bergwijn not being taken to uh, taken on the trip on Thursday. Uh, I'd read more into that than I would do any sort of post-match thing. I think I think it was just yeah, kind of one of them things. It was unlucky at the right the wrong the, the right camera angle at the wrong time, if you like. I was, I was trying to focus on what you were saying then, but all, all I had now playing in my head was, he put the Taz in Tasmania. <laughs> 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 we mean you! <laughs> uh, oh, that's, uh, that was a good memory. Um, <laughs> uh, the next player on the list. Oh, this was an interesting one. This was this was neck and neck all the way. Um, and it's just so fitting. Undombele. <laughs> yeah. Keep one in the end, but fifty-four percent of people wanted to keep him. But so it's, it's very close. So it's, again, it's 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 so it's that's just that's his Tottenham career, isn't it? Pretty yeah. much bang down the middle, keep or bin. Um, I mean, I, I, it probably makes sense to me that he's he's just on the keep side. I voted keep as well, um, just about because you know I. I see. I even sort of doubt myself because there is that part of me. It just it doesn't disagree with the idea that he might not be suited to this team. He might not be mm. suited to Conte. But I'm also I would I would sooner see Lacelso go before I see Ndombele go. Yeah, I that's agree. sort of where I'm at. And yeah. I don't. You know, maybe we don't want to fucking just get rid of too many people in the centre of the park too soon. Yeah, yeah, and look. We've we've had millions of discussions about Ndombele and, and there were times where I've been very anti him because because I think he gives him a lot of reasons for it. You know, it's quite obvious that he wasn't in physical shape for the Premier League. Not entirely his fault. We should have done our due diligence well beforehand. He had one good season at Lyon and then everybody was after him. And at the time it looked like a really big like coup for us to get him. But since then, he's sort of shown that he's going to be one of them that he's not probably ever going to reach his full potential. And you have to make a decision as a football club of, of, of Spurs' aspirations as to whether you want to take the money now and risk look risk looking a bit silly in a couple of years if he does start tearing it up for Juventus or Inter Milan or whoever. But really, I don't I don't see that happening and. But I'm with you. I'm I'm keep in the same way that if you'd have asked me at the end of 2019 whether you want to keep Lorente, you know, I'd have said keep then because I I think there's there's a use for him. Put it that way. Against the the sort of teams that we've got coming up, the four teams coming up, like with Burnley, Norwich, Brentford. Brentford's maybe a bit harsh, but you know the teams that you'd expect to fall in the lower six or seven places in the league. Yeah, let Ndombele have at them. Release, you know, release the power, if you like. I think he could do some good things. He did so last season. But beyond that, I, I don't think, I think we're holding our breath. It's mad, isn't it? I, I think, I think what I would say is I'm always holding out for moments with Ndombele and he does often provide them. What he doesn't provide ever really and hasn't done so far, and it's not entirely his fault, is a... A, a stretch you know even even like yeah Son is streaky but Son still will have half seasons where he looks like one of the best players in the world yeah. you know and Ndombele it's still it's 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 
streaks within games themselves yeah. still yeah, yeah really really strong 15 minutes it, it's, it's bizarre though isn't it it's i don't think i've ever really seen a player who fluctuates as much as he does because there are sometimes when you know i've been digging him out on this or wherever just on twitter or just to whoever on whatsapp and now i'll watch the next game and i think fucking hell he's good like mm. he's so good and he's ex- when he's up for it he's exciting to watch you know, he is that type of player that is, he's just got magic in his boots, you know, but I don't know. Ericsson I don't, I don't know if we're... similar. Yeah, but... In his first couple of seasons, in his first season, certainly, I know there was, it went from ABB to Sherwood and, and it was his first season. He was still quite young. But he, I still he always felt that his baseline strange. was better. Oh, I agree. Uh, well, yeah, I, I do agree. I don't think he ever dipped so low that he was... Uh, uh, you know, a hindrance to the He's, team. He saved that for his uh, latter part of his time. Yeah, career. yeah, we've, we've, we've done that to death, haven't we? But I think, and, and Dombele has got, he's clearly got, uh, it's, it, yeah, again, it's nothing new, is it? He's, we know he's got the talent. We don't know if he's got the application or the fitness. And Conte said as much, like, he, he says he, does, he can't trust him to do it just yet. What people have said back to that though is in Conte teams of the past, so in Chelsea he did the same with Fabregas, he couldn't trust him when he first came in and at the end of his reign he was like a, an integral part of it. Uh, same with Ericsson, speaking of Ericsson, at Inter Milan, he didn't integrate him straight away. I think when he did he put him at like the wing, sort of right wing, um, but quite a rigid right winger rather than the sort of floating winger that we used to play him as sometimes in the front three. Uh, so there's hope for someone like him, but he has to see it as he doesn't. He shouldn't just be sitting there waiting for his chance. This is now the start of his chance to show that he can do it, and then when the time's right, he will be put in because there is a space for him. It's not like we are blessed with creative midfielders who can break the line, so people say. We haven't got anyone that can really do that. So if he can't do it, it's really it's he's only got himself to blame. Next up, our most overwhelmingly positive keep, Oliver Skip, with 93.5% of voters saying we should keep him. I mean, I'm completely on board with that. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's undroppable, but I think there's a hell of a lot of talent there, and I think he's. I think he is going to be a, a very good player. Yeah, he's 21 as well. Like, I think it's, it's easy to forget how young he actually still is because he broke through, I think his debut was when he was like 18 for us. Yeah, very young 18 as well. Against Burnley at Wembley, like very, very young. Um, and then he went on loan and he had a really good season in the championship and now he's, he's been a pretty integral part of this this team so far. And I think he gets dug out a bit, is a bit safe and stuff, but sorry, that's what you should be doing as a centre mid who's just yeah. learning your trade. If he was trying to ping 40-yard balls every time, you'd be moaning that he's giving the ball away. He's not perfect, but we've got to give him that game time, haven't we? I think he's, he's a good example of when I say players could be getting game time to improve themselves yep. over players that have established themselves as dross. He's a very good example of what we should have been doing over the last couple of seasons, in my opinion. Decent physicality. He's got a good range of passing when he uses it. I just, I think he's tenacious. I think he, I, yeah, I really like him. I really like Skip. I think he's, he's got a good future. And it's not to say I ever think he's going to be like a world world class player, but. You know, every team's got a player like him, Jordan Henderson. He could be, I could easily see him being Tottenham's Jordan Henderson, you know, so that's kind of where we're at with him. Um, Interesting one. This this is an interesting one. Ryan Sessegnon, 
71.9%. What are you going to say? Is it keep or bin? 71.9%. I... If you'd have um, if this poll ran at half time last night, I would have said bin, but I think people would be saying keep. They are. Seventy one point nine percent of people say keep Ryan Sessignon. I I said keep as well. Um I just think we're not gonna make any money really from a sale and he's he's good competition for Reggion, keeps him on his toes. And if we get a tune out of him Great, because he showed a few years ago that he was absolutely sublime. He was completely stupid last night, but how how much or not we know that the idea of him having to take his chances playing on his mind or whatever, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, that's not ideal. Somebody would say, well, is it going to be playing on his mind when we come into a Champions League final again, if we do say? Um, you can't have a player that's going to lose his head like that. But I don't know. I, I, oh, yeah, I don't think he lost. I, I think him I think you can put it down to over exuberance, and I think he just made. He, look, he's probably not match fit. He's not played a lot of football recently, and if he'd have had five games in a row, maybe he doesn't make that second challenge. Like, he's he's not he's not as switched on as he as any other player. Like we, he's the one that's played probably the least out of everyone who played last night. I don't see any point in getting rid of him right now. People, I know a lot of people are really down on him and don't think he's ever shown any sort of promise. But if you're going to afford people like Ndombele and, and Lo Celso, sorry to keep going back to them, but if you are going to afford those players that time to to, to bed in under a proper coach, Sessegnon's another one. And, and to be honest, there's, there's no better coach for a fullback or a wingback than, than Conte. So it, uh, what I was thinking about Sessegnon um, is, do you remember under... Potch, where a player would do something like that, they'd, they'd be sent off in a really important game, or, or something would happen, they'd miss a chance, or they'd become the villain of the game. You always felt as if if they played next game, they would be faultless, completely faultless, because they'd be trusted, they'd be put back in and told, but forget about that, this is you know, clean slate it now. I just there's a part of me that wonders if we might do it against Burnley this weekend because I know Regulon's in really really good form which is probably the, the worst thing for Sessegnon but I just wonder if Conte might be tempted somewhat to think get him straight back in there like show him this isn't the end of the road because it could be very damaging what happened last night I think he was genuinely gutted he did look quite upset. I, I actually felt... The thing is, I wanted to be pissed off of him, but in my sort of heart of hearts, I knew I wasn't. I, I felt sorry We've for him. We've all been there. I felt you sorry know, for him. You, know. you feel like it's your chance at something and you blow it. And that immediate feeling afterwards, particularly if it has cost us the game. I think with 11 men, I think we don't... We certainly don't lose that game. I think we probably go on to win it once we make the subs. So I think I think he's known he's cost us the game, and I mean at very least it makes himself an easy target. Say cost us exactly, and he's already an easy target. He's not had a great start with us, so I I just I hope it. I I want to see more of him because I think we need to give someone like him a fair crack in this sort of system under a proper coach. If we're going to give everyone else a chance, he deserves one too. Brian Gill, ninety point seven percent of people say we should keep him. I agree. He's a young player, good player. He's, I think he's got a lot of talent there. He's still raw, but just keep keep giving him opportunities, keep giving him chances. I like what I've seen of him so far. Um, Modric-esque in places, but you know, I, I don't, I don't. The thing that surprises me though is that it seems to be a lot of people think he's more of a winger, which I don't know. Maybe we can well, move him more centrally. Apparently, but. he is. I think he'd 
people, when I was reading up about him and, and seeing when we first signed him, there was a few Guardian pieces about him and he was a real uh, get to the byline, beat your man, get to the byline and put the ball in the box kind of thing. And I think for a little while I was at Wolves for the League Cup game um, and he was he was like 10 yards in front of us. He was constantly on that wing in the first half. And he looked like that's what he was doing and he got to the byline a couple of times and in the end he was just muscled out. So I think he's got that in him to, to want to do that. You just wonder if, if you can retrain that into the centre of the pitch. In terms of talking about breaking lines and, and what Ndombele can do, Hill could very well do the same thing. And Modric used to do that. He used to use his body, very slight body, low centre of gravity, very well to kind of receive the ball on the turn and just take it five yards without even touching it, if you know what I mean. He was very, very good at that. And I do wonder if there's a, a possibility that he could be retrained, given wingers in the Premier League, modern wingers certainly need to be a bit more kind of of the Salah and Mane mould and Son mould. I don't think he's ever going to get to that. that you know, see, that's that, exactly, you've nailed it with that, because that's exactly sort of what I think. That's why it surprises me, because and I, I know some people would say, oh, well, you know, you get... You need it's less about physicality on the wing than it is in the centre of the park, but I'm not sure that's a thing anymore. I don't know. I, I'm just hoping he can sort of maybe be like a David Silva type player that can kind of float around. I mean, obviously that's a big fucking shout, but like, <laughs> like if he can still kind of. But what I mean by that is occupy a kind of like floating position within just kind of the front band of an attack where he's there, kind of causing trouble, picking out decent passes, and sort of getting on the end of like the odd sort of decent shot opportunity yeah, yeah. himself don't think it'd be nice to them. get him fitter nice to get him I think he needs a, a little bit of bulking but really I think it's all about match conditioning now for him he, he's, he looks he always looks as if he's carrying a bit of a lead shirt if you know what I mean like he's not mm. particularly quick necessarily I think that is a bit of a misconception about him because he's come in as this winger I don't think he's particularly speedy and I just think some of that could be to do with conditioning and getting him up to speed. If we can do that, then yeah, we've got we've potentially got that, as you say, that kind of very buzzy player and, and filtering between the lines and making a nuisance of himself to to feed off of the the other players ahead of him a little bit, uh, a little bit sort of uh, Jota at Liverpool, perhaps maybe not quite as kind of poacher. I see him as he's got a very similar build to him and yeah, maybe maybe in a year's time there might be a similar output. Oh, the next one's pretty sad, mate. Delhi. Delhi Alley. Eighty nine point two percent of respondents say bin. Bin Delhi Alley. Mm. I mean I'll I'll read you there was a good tweet, Spooky tweeted yesterday. He he does have a good one every now and again. Um <laughs> So his tweet is as follows, if I can find it. Two seconds. He's a big deli. He's always been a big deli a de- trooper, isn't he? Deli-vangelist, as they are. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't come up with that. Um, he, uh, right, so Spooky's comments were, love deli, will always love deli, but letting him go is because of the love and not because of hate. He needs to find love elsewhere now. And I, I agree with that entirely, to be honest. Like, it's it's just... It's, do you, do it's, you genuinely think he can... What, what There's obviously a very 
specific set of ingredients that we are going to need to uh, to bring to the table, if you like, to in order to get him back to any sort of level. And I don't, I don't believe it's all him. I think this is part of the, the issue we've got with him is that he was never a player that really... He had individual magic moments, but I don't think he ever could do it all on his own. There was a very short period where he was brilliant at kind of uh, at deputising for Kane in a sort of false nine and, and feeding Eric, people like Ericsson, Mora and, uh, and Son, but it, it felt very short-lived. I think there's so much needs to happen around him in order to get him back to that level, but do you, do you think there's enough time and do you think there's enough patience in order to get there? Because for me, I think that's... I think that's the thing I don't see happening. I don't see us getting in another Ericsson that can find him at the end of a cross nine times out of ten to find I, those sort I, of I, intelligent I, I, runs. I think it goes both ways, mate. I think if you think about it, like he's been with Tottenham, he's been in these surroundings since he was a child almost, you know, and sometimes people just need a change of scenery. I mean, I think one of the things that probably really shouldn't be overlooked is, you know, the guy literally suffered through the horror of a home invasion um and I, I don't think anyone can really unless you've been through it yourself i don't think anyone can really understand probably quite how terrifying that an experience that must be to go through um and so i can't really blame him for you know when people say oh, his head's not in football anymore and you know i i sort of look to that more than i look to oh he's doing a promo for boohoo man or for you know, one of those Tim Pop mobile phone companies that he advertises for, um, because all footballers do that shit. You know, that's 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 he's he's not sort of taking it. All, all footballers have media duties. All of them have brand. Even the ones that you think are shite, they're all signed up to different brands, and they'll all turn up and do something for you know. I work for Sport Bible, you know, it's, it's no secret. We get time with players, all manner of players, all the time to film bits and pieces here and there because it's part of their sort of media obligations through brands and all sorts of stuff. So that sort of stuff I don't really buy at all. I just think whatever, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, his personal circumstances and just just the fact that he, through like the rest of the squad, he's gone through that whole Pochettino arc and it's not, you know, it's not worked out for him. He's gone on and seen kind of players around him, you know, whoever, James Madison or Jack Grealish, probably surpass him a bit. And it's, it's you know, it's probably hard to muster that sort of enthusiasm to, to get up for it when you know that you're one of the players that every time you step on a football pitch, the lens is fixed on you. And the rhetoric is either going to be, if he has a good game, can he carry on? Can he still perform at that level consistently? And if he doesn't have a good game, it's just the confirmation bias of, yeah, he is finished, he's done. Similar thing with Jesse Lingard, right? Who then went and had his breath of fresh air at West Ham and looked like an absolute world-beater again when he went there. He looked absolutely sensational when he went to West Ham. And I have no doubt, I honestly have no doubt that Delhi could go, and I tweeted it today, could go and fill the hole that Jack Grealish has left at Aston Villa and probably look like a quality player for them again. Be a bit happier, being one of the stars of the show, be one of the main men there and probably find a bit of that love for football again. Um mm. I just think that's to me. It's just what sort of. Ha- I don't really want it to happen. I, I don't. I hate that we're here yeah. now. I hate that we're in this position with him now. But to me, I just. I just think it's. It's done with with him and Tottenham now. I just think it's. 
it's, it's been for a while as yeah, well. Yeah, it just really? feels a bit toxic yeah. now, you know, all of it. Um, yeah, he probably doesn't even, it might sound a bit condescending, but he probably doesn't even realise how kind of unhappy he is, you know. When you think of the highs that he had with us and how good it was, that just felt like the normal for Deli Alley. That, that, that felt like the default, the default value of Deli Alley was sticking it to the big boys, scoring loads of goals and taking the piss out of defenders, you know, and, and having that little bit of a naughty side that Poch loved. That, when that feels like the norm, he feels like he's probably having a bit of a crap time and stuff, but he maybe not realised just how much joy he maybe could get from being somewhere else, you know. I think Villa is a really good example. Villa are, on a, are in a good place for someone like Deli Ali now in that it wouldn't feel like an enormous step down Nobody would feel as if he's coming in as Billy Big Potatoes because he's at a point of his career where he does need to inject something into it. But equally, I kind of feel like if he just got a random left-field offer from City or Chelsea, he'd probably do fine there. Well, like I do when, think when Liverpool went in for Oxlade-Chamberlain sort of thing. Exactly that. Exactly that sort of thing. Just... He's obviously, he works well in a completely functional side that can give him that service. Whether or not he'd still make those runs, I don't know. But I think part of the problem that we had with with him, aside from the injuries, which I think were really badly timed, and I think one of the biggest criticisms I'd have of Pochettino's time at Spurs was how badly he managed some players coming back from injury. We're seeing some of it when we might come onto it in a second, but we've seen a little bit with Kane now. I think Delhi in particular, integrating him back into the side and, and pretty much playing him in every position that would make him ineffectual was a big problem. And I think with Delhi, we tried to, to we tried to make him more than he was because we saw this guy that was like, shit, this guy's getting fifteen goals a season and fifteen assists and he's twenty. You know, what could we do if we make him into, if we could get him on the ball a bit more, if we could get his passing better? What if we could get him to be like this box-to-box midfielder? And I think it took us, it's taken us too long to realise that what we've ended up doing is taking away what he can do rather than adding to his, rather than trying to fill the gaps of what he can't. Because I don't think he's ever been a great passer. I don't think he's ever been a brilliant, I don't think he's a particularly good dribbler, to be honest. He's not particularly quick. He doesn't seem to get his head up very well. And and a lot of this is probably recency bias, but what he was brilliant at was making runs into the box that went beyond Kane and beyond Son and occupied a defender or attacked a space that was left by a defender looking after someone else. And someone would invariably find him. Because the, goal was not, the two goals against Chelsea are always talked about as like, you know, the... the the epitome of Deli Ali performances, but the goal he scored, the first goal he scored against Real Madrid, that's him getting into the six yard box. When was the last time you saw Deli Ali get into the six yard box? You know, um, the goal against, uh, I'm trying to think, another good example of like Leicester. Uh, his first goal for us was when he had like that diving header at the back post, but I think he's his 100th goal for us or no his 50th goal for us a few seasons ago was the exact same goal it was mad wasn't it it was funny and yeah, it was it like against Leicester again it was well. at Leicester at the yeah. same end yeah it's really weird but it, it was that's what he's good at that's what he can do and if you put him anywhere else outside of the posts he's not an effective footballer and never has been and I think us trying to plug those gaps really was part of the downfall here we tried to make him a complete footballer rather than focusing on the things that made him an incredibly effective footballer. 
call it limited if you want. I actually think I said this on the last time I was on here. I, I, I stand by it. I really do think we we did bad by Deli Ali by trying to make him better. And I know that sounds oxymoronic, but I think it's true. I think we tried too hard with him and now we're seeing a broken player. I mean, that pass in the first half that he did, where he's trying to bend it around the back of the, uh, the defence over to Kane and it went 30 yards in front of him. It's, it's, it's barely functioning as a footballer. And this is the thing about this whole daily thing. It makes me sad, mate. I think it's it's one of the most sad trajectories yeah. we've seen. You know, it's just to see him kind of in the in the place that he is now is, you know, I don't know. He, he's, you know, whatever people talk about, talk about Eric Dyer. Even you know, he's below even someone like Eric Dyer. You know, like, and it's, mm. I don't yeah, know. completely it's strange. He's, it's strange. I don't. I don't. I, I, I actually quite like Eric Dyer again now. I think he's making a good fist for it again. Yeah, so, I, I you know. agree. Um, the last, the last one on on the starting lineup yesterday, anyway, was Harry Kane. Seventy two point two percent people uh, of people asked to say keep. Um, I dare say part of that sort of twenty eight ish percent, twenty seven point eight to be precise, um, uh, <laughs> are maybe a bit sort of burnt from how he was this summer and everything but maybe they're not do you want to do you want to go into I, some of your thoughts on uh on the big man i said keep i think if i when i voted i said keep because for for a few reasons obviously he's still for the same reasons as Dombele and all of those other players talking about them as having not been coached, you know, he has suffered just as much as anybody else for the lack of coaching over the last couple of seasons. The difference with him is just how good he is. I'm going to say is, not was, because he is still Harry Kane. He, I'm burned by what he did in the summer, and I actually think he is as well, because I think he saw that as his last chance to get that move I might be wrong on this but I look at it and think if City were looking at buying a striker now A they'd look at Kane's form his fitness and you know his record so far yes he might he could explode against Burnley and have an absolutely brilliant season and I'll be completely wrong but I think City might be looking at this and thinking you know what we were right not to go above yeah. hundred. Let's get Harlan now million. this summer. Cause... Let's get Harlan because he's he's younger, he's fitter, he's he's probably got just as much kind of commercial appeal as Kane to, to the likes of City. Like I think it would come with an awful lot of fanfare. I think City fans might even look at it and think, you know, pr- pragmatically speaking, that's who we'd be going for. And and so. I feel annoyed at Kane because I'm annoyed for him in a way. Like he he could have done it slightly differently that meant the fans weren't burned by it. You know, he doesn't owe us anything. He's given us everything in the last five or six years and he will rightly go down as the, the greatest goal scorer in Spurs history, you know, if, if, when, he, if when he gets to Keane, uh, Keane um, Greaves, you know, it, it will it, he will go down as a legend for us because of that and in the same way as Walker you can look at him now and think you know what like he gave us everything and it was the right time to move so no one could begrudge him what he what he did but it was the sort of the ease that it felt as if he he could take that decision it was it was almost as if we were 
a vessel for him or a vehicle for him to get to that point. And for so long, we were, we didn't have to feel like that about Tottenham. And the reason I'm annoyed for him is because he tried to take that, that decision or tried to get that move. But now he sort of sat on his ass for three months, not doing anything. And under Nuno, everyone down tools, right? But now we've got this proper manager in, it's going to take him a couple of months to get himself sorted. And I don't really know if his body can do it anymore. And I don't know if he's mentally able to do it anymore because Conte is everything that Kane's probably been shouting for. He didn't want Mourinho to go. He, things were bad under Mourinho, but by all accounts, Kane was a massive fan because he was this big coach who could get him to where he thought he wanted to be. He spent sort of six months you know, not really floating in between fitness and match sharpness and mentally here, you know, the Euros would have had a big effect on him. I, I appreciate all of that. But where all you can look at is where it's left him now. And he's not in a really good place at all. He looks so leggy. And I don't know how quickly and how easily you can turn that round at his age with his sort of injury problems. I didn't want to sell him in the summer. But I think... There was, I don't think there was a case for selling him in the summer. I think it would have looked awful for Tottenham to sell him. And I think we wouldn't have replaced him very well. And I think we'd be probably in a potentially worse position than we are now, or certainly very, very similar. Now, I kind of feel like there's a case for it at the end of this season to Who see what's out Well, this is it. This, again, this is what I mean about I think he's fucked himself in this because... Who's going to buy him? Who's going to stump up the money that we're still rightly going to be asking? Not what they know because what he's got. So this year, and I think he's got two years. He's got three years, so two and a half now left on his contract, yeah. right? Yeah. To me, it's you know, if Pochettino ends up at United, he probably goes to United in the last year of his contract or on a free transfer, and Van Persie's it. Do you know what I mean that sort of thing? Potentially, yeah. But by that point, he's going to be thirty, and and the other thing that's coming up is the World Cup this time next year the world cup's happening and i do think that's going to skew a lot of teams plans for it because if kane has another world or has a world cup similar to the euros that he had that was very draining very damaging for him and if we if we lose in a final again for example or lose a semi final is he going to come back and have a similar kind of struggle to get back up to speed Yes, everyone else is going to have that in the league as well. But I, I just feel like there's going to be teams that look at it and think, you know what, let's just keep our powder dry for the next six months and look in January instead when value might be a bit higher because everyone's going to have an eye on the World Cup at the yeah. start of next season. I mean, poor sob, man. I, I, know what I, I know people are going to say, oh, I don't care. Snake does in the summer and stuff. I do feel for the bloke though, man. I feel for a, a player of his talent may well end his career with absolutely nothing which is yeah, it, yeah which is crazy because you know i think my my stance on him and his behavior and everything has softened a lot the more and more i see games like last night against mora i think joe you know i don't fucking blame him for wanting to get out of this like i don't i don't blame him for wanting to get out of a club that has used his name and his no, image I, I, for I, years I, and not invested properly at, at times. i'm completely on board with that and i think the day before the news broke about him forcing it or trying to force this through, that's where I was. The day it broke, I, that's where I was. But seeing that he didn't, you know, I know that there's this, apparently there's a bigger story that's never going to get told 
about why he was so late back from training. If there, I can't believe there was an agreement with the club. Why would we agree for our best player to not play for a couple it's, of weeks? It's nonsense, or, isn't it? It's no. complete nonsense. And he's, I, I get he's in damage limitation mode in that sense. But as fans, we would have stood by him as we've stood by him for the last five or six years since he's come to the come to the into the fold and and became this superstar. And there are still people. I know people do. Like I had a disagreement with someone the other day saying oh, nobody still doesn't rate Kane. Yes, they do. They, there are thousands, millions of people out there that still don't understand what Kane does. I spoke to someone the other day. He's a perfectly like, level-headed guy. Likes his football and just said, you know what? I, I don't. I don't think Harry Kane is that good. I, 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 he's England's best striker, but I don't actually think he's that good. I don't see what people see in him. There are. Plenty of people out there that still don't think Kane is as good as what we've seen him to be over the last three or four seasons. So we had all of that, and we would have continued to do that through his bad spell. If he'd have come back slightly injured, slightly emotionally jaded, and smarting from a a move that didn't happen, but in private, we'd have been standing by him, singing his name, getting behind him every single game, and and just sticking with him, because we're like, well, it's it's Kane. Of course he's going to come good eventually. Now, I was at Chelsea at home and in the second half was the first time I've heard Harry Kane, a, a bad word about Harry Kane said on, on the, the South Stand and it got slightly toxic. There wasn't booing, but there was murmurings. At United, he was booed, outright booed for his first touch. And it, it, that would never have happened if any of this... It's crazy, and, isn't it? And it's... I get football fans are fickle, yes, 100%, but he isn't right, but we would have had his back. And I think he's he's isolated himself from Man City in some way. He's isolated himself probably from Levy and partly, you know, Conte's got potentially a bit wary of him, maybe. You think, well, hold on, how long am I going to be coaching this guy? Is he just going to leave in the summer? And the fans, he's kind of siloed himself away from the fans. And in the end, you see this kind of, single figure of Kane of being as you say a bit sad for him because you I just think he's not thought this through properly and he's not got the sort of backing that he would have done had had he just approached it a little bit more subtly you know, or even you don't, do you know you don't easy, need to do that interview with Gary Neville mate. no no you know? that's that's the thing all that stuff the easy win here the easy win here was to just be honest and upfront about it and just say look I love this club. I've wanted to win everything I can here, but they just are not matching my ambitions. I've spoken to them plenty of times in the past, said we need to sign better players, we need to blah, blah, but they haven't done it. What am I going to do here? And I think the funny thing is, given how toxic it was this summer, most people would have completely had his back. And they yeah, would have said, absolutely. they would have said, look, Levy, look what you've done. But instead, he just, he just it was literally, he presented an open goal to the club. Because the club could just say, "Look, yeah. he's not turned up. He's done this interview yeah. with Gary Neville. He's, you know, it's just, yeah. it was just so. It was, yeah, one hundred percent agree with you. The club, the club couldn't have. I bet the club couldn't believe his luck. Honestly, exactly. your best player, your best player wants to leave, and the entire, almost the entirety of the fan base had at least part grievance with Kane. Yes, the focus was on leaving in the club. We all knew the reason that Kane wants to go and probably still does want to go. But he could have had a completely a clear run at this with the fans. We all would have accepted that he needed to, he needs to go. 
But as it is, he's just he, he planted a seed in the summer in, in fans, myself included, or maybe not everyone, but certainly from my point of view, he planted a seed that thought, you know what, mate, you need to come back banging them in or at least not walking about like you, you know, you've just been slapped in the face. You have to be showing us something. And he didn't. And now we've got a proper coach who's got proper ambitions and who, as we say, may have designs on a big summer or a big January even, thinking, who, who the fuck's this guy up front for me? You know, I've wanted, it's not the cane that I recognised from a couple of years ago. Do I need to start thinking about long term? And I, I just I just wonder what he's done to himself. And it, it, this was the place that he was loved. And I don't really think he's... he's I'm never going to be able to sort of see him in the same way. And that sounds dramatic. No, no, I agree. If he goes and scores a hat-trick in the North London derby in you know in February or March, whenever it is, brilliant. I, you know, I'll... I'll, I'll uh, yeah, celebrate just as wildly as anybody I'll else. I'll doff my cap to you, sir. <laughs> I'll doff my cap to him. But I, I, I worry that this... I don't think I've seen anything from Kane that suggests that there is an argument for me to say that he is on at the start of him being done let's say so put it this way mate two and a half seasons right he runs down his contract he doesn't sign a new contract at Spurs right in the background Mikel Arteta's Arsenal have been <laughs> gathering momentum <laughs> they break into the top four they're getting there they're punching they're nearly there but Aubameyang's now retired they need somebody up there to lead the line they missed out on Vlajevic City or whoever else, Juventus sign him, City get Haaland, Arsenal, they get Harry Kane. He Sol Campbell's us, but this is it. This is his opportunity now. He's going to make one last fist of it. Last game of the season, Conte's Tottenham are doing all right themselves as well. It's neck and neck, last day of the season, and it's the Aguero moment. And it's Harry, it's Harry Kane in the North London derby for Arsenal. And he lifts up, he lifts up his shirt and underneath he's got a t-shirt with just that picture, the photo of him as a kid wearing an Arsenal kit on it. Is that, what What, what would you do in that instance? Only you would think of that scenario. I don't know anyone else who would manage to go to the level of detail. What I like is the shirt underneath the shirt. Like, Nobody would have gone there. You've managed to, to come up with quite the scenario there. What won't I say, mate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, mate, in answer to your question, it's a trick question because it, it, he he won't be playing in two and a half years. I think his ankles will give out. Certainly not in May. Behave. He's going to be the whole in the season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally got his move. Playing for the um, Boston Dog Sticks or whatever. They yeah, yeah, the, 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 the London Lily Hammers. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Burnley, are we going to beat him? Are we at home? No, we're away. We're away in Burnley. Oh, uh, I mean, they're not, they're, they're having a bit of a struggle aren't they, I think? I mean, they, they, they are... Well, it's not just, struggle, not just Burnley in general. Yeah, it's I was just saying, it feels like their, their default position. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think we will. No, I'm not I'm not overly confident. I mean, obviously, look at who's coming back. Like, Lloris, Dyer, uh, probably Reguillon, uh, Romero... No, sorry, not Romero. Um, Emerson, Royale, uh, probably Winks, Son, Kane. I mean... <laughs> 
I think that lump it's, they've it's got done, up front it, is it actually, but I think he's missing, which is good for us. But Chris Woods, I think, in decent form, and they've got um, uh, Cornet as well, like a signing that they've made. It just he's banging them in. I don't know. He's still he's still probably in that period where like has a purple patch, and everyone talks about him and it's like the next big thing, like the Amir Zaki. It's just, of it's just one of those like, just, just fuck off, like you know, <laughs> just just let us win five nil. Like go on, yeah, just, yeah. Just, but it's not going to be like that, is it? It never fucking is, Roberto. No, it's an horrible, horrible place oh. to go. I, I would say it wouldn't surprise me if we get away with a draw. Um, but that Thursday was damaging. You know, Thursday was damaging for confidence and for and, and, an awful lot of players that ended the, on the pitch are probably going to be playing. Uh, it's Kane, Son, uh, Mora, probably Dyer. Probably Davis. I, I think there's quite a lot of players that are going to be in that team. So, look, we've been every so often you think, oh, maybe they'll do. A, it'll be a reaction to it, but we've we've had too many of these occasions, and generally we just continue our terrible, pathetic form from Thursday into into the weekend games. So, uh, let's say score draw. Well. Look forward to the game, folks. Yeah, yeah. positive spin. <laughs> uh, what did you expect? Yeah. This is this is like two versions of Eeyore speaking to each other in these podcasts. Um, I hope you have enjoyed it, though. So, I mean, it's always good to have you on, mate. It's always, uh, you know, always a pleasure. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it. Well, it's just an extension of our WhatsApp chats, really, isn't it? It's just a bit, a bit less profane and less talk about yeah, it's crisps, less C words. Crisps yeah. and, like, the shits yeah. we've had throughout the day. But, um, <laughs> a stool check. A stool check. Oh, um, but yeah, are you, you you know, any any top of my on the horizon again? I, I know I, I know I always ask this every time you're on, but it yeah, is it I... is the GOAT Tottenham podcast, mate. I've got to say. Oh that, mate, you know. not at all. We learn from the best. Uh, last so last last summer, word on sport. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Last summer we did. I think during the pandemic we did a few uh, crisis tapes, which are different to emergency podcasts. We did we did some crisis tapes, which were they were kind of specials actually. And I think we'd always uh, Dan and I had always planned on doing them when we first started the pod. We did a few, but obviously you just get into a rhythm of a weekly thing because you know Spurs play weekly, so it gave us a really good opportunity. And the one that we did was uh, like the, the top ten kind of cursed moments of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, and it, it was a really really good discussion. And, and it, they're, they're quite cathartic to talk about all the shit that Spurs have had to go through over the last kind of twenty years of nonsense. This is what I mean. Results like last night, just they don't even register with me anymore. We've had tons of these things, but we're thinking about doing another version of that. Maybe, maybe doing a, a part two of that. There's plenty of material, so if we do, it will be more in line with that. But in terms of the BAU stuff, you know, we leave that leave that to you and the big boys. <laughs> um, all right then. Well, nice one, mate. Look forward to it. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> See you later, mate.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 